Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and this week's guest is Lou Cuccinelli. Lou, how you doing? I'm great, Anthony. How are you? I am great. Thanks for joining us. I saw you just Saturday at Fort for Fitness. Sure enough. You were lugging a camera around and doing what you do. How, what was that like? Good experience? Uh, yeah, it was super fun. Uh, it was the first time we've done a full two hours out at uh, Fort for Fitness, uh, so we did the whole show live. So, you know, it's part of us, part of Wayne trying to get out of its comfort zone and away from the studio and trying new things. Uh, it was super fun. I think you were giving me the business about not having a GoPro. I had the big camera on my shoulder. So, Well, I gave you the opportunity to actually run the race with a GoPro strapped to yourself. And yeah. I think that was just because misery loves company and I was... <laughs> I was going to run the race and really didn't want to. And there was there was no part of the race when I said this was a great idea. I'm glad I did it until the finish line. Well, so. good for you for doing it because I certainly was not about to do it. Well, maybe maybe next year you can do it and get out of getting up a little earlier. Fair enough. Yeah. So, Lou, thanks for being here. We're going to talk about the stuff we normally talk about in the podcast, and that is your career path, the organization you work for, and some of the things you're working on. So I'll start with career path and start at the beginning, whatever that is to you, Tell us when you decided that you were headed in the direction you're headed in, what kind of twists and turns you took before then, and then how did you get on the road to the career you're in now? Yeah, sure. So uh, born and raised in Fort Wayne, went to Homestead High School. Uh, like a lot of kids, uh, got out of school, thought, you know, okay, time to go to college. Went to IPFW at the time. Really didn't know what I wanted to do. And then, um, you know, about a year and a half in, I think I had a little bit of an aha moment, which it sounds really dumb, but it's like, hey, I really like TV. I like video. I like, mm -hmm. that seems like a fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so I talked to a couple of counselors. Um, at the time, I had some friends in IU Bloomington, visited them a little bit, and that kind of blew my mind, opened mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, opened my eyes a lot. So um, decided to declare a major in telecommunications, mm -hmm. transferred to Bloomington, um, took a lot of courses down there um, and had a blast doing it. A lot of, lot of fun learning. After college, uh, came back here to Fort Wayne. Uh, my very first job was at uh, WFFT, mm -hmm. part-time production assistant, just um, which is basically anything and everything. Um, you're running cameras, you're doing all kinds of studio stuff, you're running the audio, you're doing whatever needs to be done. Uh, at the time, it was for Happy's Place, so that was uh -huh. that was that was a trip and and yeah. Interesting. I even stuffed the uh, happy sacks is what they called them. Oh, at the wow. Time. Okay. So it was like all the archway cookies you could eat, you know, like <laughs> one for me and one for the kids in the bag. So that was fun. And, and I assume at that time, technology is way different. Yeah. So I came in, you know, and it was still um, fairly linear as in tape to tape. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we had cart machines in the audio booth. Um, I think uh, the format at uh, FFT was M2, which is a, a giant VHS thing. So it was kind of terrible compared to what it is now, but it was it was a good learning opportunity there. Um, did that for a couple of years, including the Steve Shine news breaks. So okay, if you All remember right. those back in the day. Um, Speaking of radio voices, which right. we were talking about yes. just before we yes, began. He's yes, he's got the best one ever. Um, yeah. So and and at the time, you know, talk about kind of low budget and and shoestring. Um, we had a spray painted ceiling tile ceiling tile was the backdrop. That was the set wow. for the Steve Shine news breaks. He would come <laughs> rolling in, rip the wire, you know, come up with something, do a 30 second news break and he's out the door. Wow. So yeah, did that for a little while. Um, and then, um, got a call from Ron Harmeyer, um, the infamous chief photographer at Wayne. Mm -hmm. uh, he was looking for a videographer, uh, a news shooter, hadn't really considered it before, uh, followed him around for a little bit. And, um, decided I wanted to, to make that change. So I, I shot news at Wayne then for, 
gosh, five, six years, something like that. And that was, that was a great experience, really learned um, the city, um, mm-hmm. learned, met a lot of people and learned how to ask questions, which was kind of a cool thing. Yeah, for sure. So, so you do that for a while, you're at Wayne, and then you go somewhere completely different. Yep. So uh, after shooting for a while at Wayne, um, I started editing at Wayne, uh, and then I went to do it Best Corp. Yep, as that's the, where you and I met. Correct. Yep. So I ran the video studio there. We did training videos, did marketing videos, um, just completely different thing going from, from a newsroom where it's, you have insane deadlines, and it's you know a noon deadline, a five o'clock deadline, a yeah. six o'clock to, okay, well... That's doing a couple weeks, and we're going to have a committee meeting about this and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, and people are probably stressing out about a two-week deadline, and you're like, you're this like, is a piece of cake. Yeah. Right, yeah, <laughs> right. It was, and, yeah. and so that was a great experience. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, worked with some uh, great people there. Uh, worked with some agencies um, and, and learned kind of another side of, of things, um, but kind of got bored after a while a little bit. Um, and I think I missed the deadlines. I, oh, really? I missed that pressure of— So do you do better under that pressure? I think I do. I think I do. And, and, and the nice thing is, um, so once I left to do it bus corp, uh, I went back to Wayne as the commercial videographer, did that for a few years where the deadlines weren't as immediate as the newsrooms. Yeah. Um, but they weren't like corporate world. They yeah. were, you know, so instead of a, a hourly deadline or a month long thing, it was more like a week, yeah. something like that. And I think that's my sweet spot. Okay. All right. So, so a couple of questions. You you also have been a musician throughout for sure. You know, yeah. most of your life. Right. Is that something that was important to you and you wanted the schedule to work with that, or was it vice versa? It was like, I'll just do that whenever I can and you know, the day job has to come first. So I've always looked at music as being something I would always do. Um, I don't think I ever really wanted a career in it because I saw I have I have some friends that kind of have made a living at it and it's a tough life. Yeah. Um you know, and with a family with kids, um, I, I just decided that wasn't for me. Uh, but but it's a very important thing. You know, it's it's cheaper than therapy, and that's kind of how I use it. Yeah, well, and and I think I've told you this face to face before, but I saw you play. It was at Down the Line, yeah, and your band was covering Cream. Yes, and I was like, wow, Lou is really good. I, and I, you know, Thank I you. I know a lot of musicians, yeah. or I knew a few musicians, I should say. And some of them, it's like, yeah, they're better than me, which, as Tim Borney used to say, you can't fall off the floor. But I was like, <laughs> kind of in awe. I was like, this is pretty awesome. great. Yeah. 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 So is that something you still do today? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was in a gigging band for a long time, um, and that was great. That was, I I think we got to do uh, Down the Line twice. We did Cream once, and we did Black Sabbath once. Oh, so wow. Okay. Both super fun, yeah. amazing times. Anytime you can get on an embassy stage, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I took you off track yeah. there. But so it's, you know, here's the career that I'm going to concede it as my full-time job, but still have it as something I enjoy. Yeah. And you've had a through line in the video world. What exactly was it that attracted you? Because it's interesting to me. I think you're one of the first people, if not the first we've had on the podcast, who returned to a place and is still there. Sure. What attracted to you about that, and, and why why are you still engaged in it? Yeah, so... You know, I still had friends there. I I, I missed kind of the more immediacy of yep. the broadcast world. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's something to be said about being in this building, uh, in the building there when when news is happening and yeah. there's there's a buzz, there's an, there's yeah. an energy, and I really missed that. Um, so I I went back as a commercial producer. I did that for about four years. Um, with kind of the eye on the creative services director, which mm-hmm. is my current position. Yep. 
so yeah, I mean, I've done a whole lot of different things at Wayne, but I've been, I've been around the block and done a lot of different things at Wayne. Yeah. So what does a commercial producer do and what does the head of creative services do? So the commercial producer, uh, somewhere like Wayne, you know, we're not, we're not an agency, um, you know, commercials and things like that. So you write, shoot, and edit. Mm-hmm. Um, you're meeting with clients. You're yep. doing that, as you guys are very familiar yep. with. Um, but that's not that's not how a TV station makes money. Sure. So it's kind of, you're doing it with smaller mom and pop clients. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing it a little bit smaller. So they want the scale. airtime as a consequence of that. They yes. need the spot. Correct. They don't have resources to get it done in-house or otherwise. Correct. So they say, we can't run nothing. Yes. How can you help us? Yeah. So, and I enjoyed that as a challenge of like, well, you know, what can you do? Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like I've always punched above, above our weight yeah. on, on the commercial production side of it. Um, so that was appealing to me. And um, at the time, you know, going from running a studio and having uh, a, a lot of people above and, you know, beside um, mm-hmm. on projects, uh, it was me, it was the client, and it was the AE. So yeah. between the three of us, we kind of got it done. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you're working at, at a well-known entity. I think most people, at least in Northeast Indiana who listen to this, know what Wayne 15 yeah. is. But let's talk about it from the inside. What, how do you describe the organization, and what's it like working in the current state of media? <laughs> there's there's a can of worms for yeah, you. Yeah, wow. So, just like everywhere else, you know, we're we're all content creators at Wayne. So, in my side, on the creative services side, you know, I'm in charge of PSAs. I'm in charge of promos. So anything that says local coverage, you can count on. Yep. With talk about a radio voice, our, our voice guy's got an awesome <laughs> yeah. one for that. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so I'm on the marketing side, um, you know, in the building, we've got the broadcast and we've got the digital. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that really sets us apart is we've got such a a strong Mm -hmm. digital presence. Um, so, you know, we're all content creators. I've got a team of about four, four that, you know, we create content and put it out as well. Um, you know, talking about the current environment, you know, it's, um, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing a lot of people leave the business, um, mm-hmm. because of what they're having to put up with every day. Yeah. You know, is, is, are you dealing with that? And I assume the answer is yes, based <laughs> on your last statement, yeah. but are you dealing with that locally? Is it, you know, cause I've talked to a few folks who work in journalism yeah. locally and some say, ah, it, you know, really hasn't reached us here. And, Others, you know, say it has. What's your take on that? So I think it has. Um, I think it's definitely reached us locally. And I really wish there was a separate term for, and I don't care which way you lean on on the, on the political spectrum, for, you know, there's these 24-hour news channels, mm-hmm. and they're called news channels, but really it's not. It's mm-hmm. a talking head opinion thing. Yeah. What we do is local news. Like yeah. that is our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. We, we try to stay out of that. We try to keep everything in our newscast as local as possible. Um, if it's a national story, a regional story, we're, we're still trying to localize yeah. it because that's what matters to our viewers. Oh, sure, sure. And it's the, it's the one place you can uniquely get that information. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, you know, I, I think it does trickle down to us. You know, I've had conversations with people where like, oh, you know, I've been called fake news, you know, and it's like, <laughs> What? You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and it's interesting too when, when you talk to our news director, you know, she's seeing it too. Fort Wayne is typically one of the first two stops um, in somebody's career. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a reporter fresh out of college, we're yep. a small enough market that we're probably your first, maybe second stop. Um, we're seeing that um, 
that pipeline of talent kind of dry up a little bit mm. because as our news director said, you know, uh, she's reaching out to these professors that are teaching journalism and these parents are talking to their kids and it's like, well, I don't want my kids out getting tear gassed. Yeah, I don't sure. want them getting yelled at, sure. you know, called names because sure. of what they do. Yeah. Well, and it used to be that journalists were in the line of fire, but they were seen in a very positive life in that environment. And now sometimes they're in the line of fire because people are firing at them. Right. <laughs> I for mean, sure. li unfortunately, literally. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I would, I, you know, a year and a half ago or a year ago, um, I would have never imagined that, you know, Dirk would have gotten tear gassed yeah. or, you yeah. know, it, so it's, it's a very interesting time we live in. Yeah, for sure. So in terms of, of the, the work you've been able to do and, yeah. and think about, you know, your entire career, what you're doing now, what you did at Do It Best, what you did previously at Wayne 15, and even going back to when you're in FF, FFT, yeah. what are some of the things that stand out that you're most proud of? Some of the work that you've done that you say, yeah, that's something where I, I had a role in, in, in putting together some content that made a dent. Yeah. So way back when, um, when I was probably two years into shooting news, um, I got to shoot a couple documentaries. So mm. back then we would travel and, and do kind of unique things that we don't really do now. Um, but I, I went to Honduras on a couple um, mission trips. Oh, wow. Did a couple documentaries down there. Um, the first time we went, we just kind of documented everything. Yeah. A year later, we did a, a follow-up documentary where we, we collected uh, clothing and items, ended up uh, collecting a couple semi-trailers worth of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool to see oh, yeah. and be on both sides of that where you're, 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 you're telling the stories, uh, but then you also get to go back and say, Hey, you know, we, we did this for you yeah. guys. Um, that was a really cool thing. Um, in do it, do it best. Um, my favorite there was always, um, you know, we would do videos for like the shareholders meeting and, and the mm -hmm. big conventions and yeah. things like that. Um, and it was always cool to stand in the back of the room and get the reaction of a couple yeah. thousand people watching it. Because in the broadcast world, I don't get that. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I show it to some people and we play it and we kind of hear. Says, yeah, we think this is good. <laughs> right, right. But you don't yeah. get that immediate yeah. response. So yeah. that was that was always gratifying to see. Yeah. Um, you know, more recently, um, this summer we did a food drive um, and I orchestrated that. Um, and I think we, we raised just over 10,000 pounds for Community Harvest Food Oh, that's Bank. great. So yeah. I went from thinking, man, I hope people show up to... 10,000 pounds of food sitting in our, our front. So yeah, that was a, great. That was a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and then on the, on the marketing side, you know, I, I'm really proud of how we've kind of pivoted through COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, we went from this, this thing where everything shuts down and all the advertiser advertisers are pulling off to kind of pivoting our message. And, and I think we've probably pivoted three or four times since yeah. then. Yeah. Um, so just kind of keeping up with it. Yeah. Um, so I'm proud of my team and how we, we've navigated through yeah. it. What, what do you think are some of the misconceptions about what you do or, or your team, some things that pay, people may, either don't know or misunderstand about the work that you do? Um, so I think people assume that we're tied to a network more than what we are. Mm. Um, you know, we're a local broadcast station. Yeah. We're covering the news in, in Fort Wayne. We're pretty independent, you know. Mm -hmm. We've got we've got an ownership group that's the biggest in the country, um, but on, on the day to day news gathering side, they don't, you know, they don't put their imprint on us. Yeah. Um, you know, they're there for resources, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I lost my thing there. <laughs> well, we're just talking about you know the 
the misconceptions people might yeah. have. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's people who 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 don't understand the distinction between your work yeah. and shooting news. Yeah. Um, and and even I would admit that part part of the time that's me. Yeah. Um, but what what are some of the other things that maybe you know people misunderstand about what you do? Uh, you know, timelines and budgets and things like that. They assume that we've got a massive budget, and, uh, and you know, yeah. my guys are very very resourceful. Yeah. Um, they're good at what they do. Um, you know, we're, we're really good at pulling rabbits out of hats, yeah. um, because that's the way you have to be. Sure. Um, so that's one of the big misconceptions. I think it's like, oh, you're, you know, you're at a TV station and you're full of content creators. So yeah. that should be easy. Well, yeah. it's not, it's sure it's a challenge and we, you know, we have zero budget and, yeah. and so I'm proud of how we are able to, to, to work through that. So, yeah. So, so given that you've been working in video for a long time, yeah. you and I are old enough to remember a time when if you were going to shoot video, you needed special equipment for yes. that. And now you've got a world of, of people who are creating content because we all carry little video cameras around. How has that changed things in your mind? What, what has it meant for you as a professional and what do you think it means for all of us in terms of um, how content has evolved and video content has evolved. Yeah, so there's a lot of times where we'll utilize that too. You know, I've got an iPhone in my pocket. So yeah. if I'm at the lake and I'm thinking, you know what, uh, this is a really nice sunset. I'm going to capture this. And I'm going to use it in a promo. Yeah. I, you know, the, the quality is good enough that you can do that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a flip side of that too. Uh, for example, this weekend you saw me with the big shoulder mounted yeah. camera. Yeah. Um, that's still a great way to get places. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're when when everything's sealed off and you come up with one of those, people know kind of what you're there to do, and and you can get access a lot. So of there's times. a credibility that comes yeah. with it. That if I'm just holding my phone, I'm the correct. average person. Huh? Never thought of that. Yeah, that's correct. interesting. Yeah. Um, and, so and everybody, get yourself a shoulder-mounted well, camera. <laughs> it works both ways. There are times yeah. where you don't want to be that conspicuous, yeah, for sure. and then iPhones. You know, we we've had situations where it's like, okay. Only use unmarked cars. Huh. Don't wear any station wow. gear. Um, use your phone. Stay back. Wow. Um, you know, we, we've been in situations with that. But then the flip side is true. When you roll up to, you know, a barricaded... So 4 for Fitness is yeah, a great example. Yeah, people get out of your way. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I come up to the roadblock. Mm -hmm. The cops see I'm in a marked car yeah. and they let me through. Huh. So yeah. it kind of works both ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, do, do you think it's... And this is a big question, so I apologize in advance. I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Right on. Do you think it's a... <clears throat> good thing that we live in an environment where everybody has the option to record what's happening with lifelike fidelity, or are we giving something away in that equation? Um, so I think it's a good thing. We certainly use it. So we, we do a great job of covering Northeast Indiana, Northwest Ohio, but we can't be everywhere yeah, all the time. For sure. So, you know, we, we are big on ways of sending video in. Um, you know, a storm rolls through, somebody sees a, a funnel cloud, they they see great lightning video. Yeah. They get it, they send it to us. You know, we would have missed it otherwise. Yeah. Um, and I, I certainly think, especially nationally, there have been situations where, you know, things may not have turned out the way they, they sure. ended up turning out yeah. if cell phones weren't everywhere. Sure, sure. So, you know, as much as we we utilize it as much as we can, you yeah. know, and it, it's just a, another way of people engaging with our content and feeling empowered to kind of create that content too. Sure. Well, here's a, here's a lighter version of the same question, yeah. kind of more up your alley these okay. days. Um, you know, when you think about the, the amount of video content that's being produced and the quality of video content that's being produced, I, I have a theory 
and I'm not going to be offended if you tell me I'm full of shit. <laughs> okay. But I just kind of want to test it on you. I think that, you know, when I, when I was growing up, when you were growing up, yep. if if we were watching, if we were seeing photography or watching video content, it was Hollywood or near Hollywood production values. It was scripted talent. It was, you know, talent that was paid. And that was the majority of what we saw. Whereas today, the majority of what we see is in our news feeds produced by family and friends. Sure. Is there an imperative, and I'm kind of giving away what my theory is here, is there an imperative for creatives to kind of tone it down a notch and make it look less polished because it then gives away the fact that it's marketing and people are marketing averse? What do you think about that? Yeah, so I I don't know that you're wrong. I, I think... There's part of me that would love it if Sif, right. you just said, no, you're full of shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're full of shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I think we try to make things look as polished as we can because there are so many ways of, of getting video out yep, there for sure. that, you know, having it polished does help it stand out. Yep. But there's that authenticity that yep. sometimes you're missing. So I think there's there's a happy medium where you can produce things to death. Yeah. Um, but maybe that super shaky video is not really the answer either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, 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 boy. I'm being super flaky, but I'd say it's probably somewhere in the middle. No, I think that's fair. I, you know, there's a there's a reason why we still encourage our clients to, you know, best foot forward yeah. and make sure things look good. But I also think there's a little bit of an imperative to say, if it doesn't look like reality, people are going to run away and go focus on something else. Yeah, well, I mean, you can sniff out those super, super produced yeah. things as soon as they come up and you just keep going. Yeah, for and sure. For sure. So, we try, you know, I, I, we have the the luxury of kind of doing a bit of a hybrid on that because we'll we'll use scene video, you know, where we've got some of the bigger cameras and and capturing live breaking news, and we can juxtapose that with something a little little bit uh, more produced mm -hmm. um, yeah. with what the reporter's saying or the promo's sure. saying. So yeah, we yeah. kind of skirt that line a little bit. Yeah. So let's talk, you kind of look back at some of the projects you've been working on. Yeah. What's some of the stuff that's on your plate now or coming up? And obviously speak only what you can speak about. Yeah. That is exciting to you, keeping you up at night, making you nervous, maybe a combination of all those things. I mean, it's obviously world domination. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you do have the hairstyle for it, Right, <laughs> right. So, yeah, no, um, we, ha we actually have a lot going on at Wayne. Um, yeah. We're constantly evolving in how we, how we do things um, because, you know, we look at, Everybody says broadcast is dying, and and while that sliver of broadcast may be smaller and smaller every year, you know we're we're we are because of Wayne dot com because of what we do in the digital space. You know we we kind of try to diversify as much as we can. Yeah. Um. So big projects I'd say going going on right now. The big one is the set. Um, mm -hmm. We're in the middle of a set rebuild. Mm. Um. Uh. Spending about a million dollars on a wow. on a brand new uh, set, which is. Long overdue um, and very exciting. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what's that's actually the big one. That's kind of taken most of the bandwidth right now. Yeah, and everything that that's involved. Yeah. With, so yeah. Okay. So let's now move to what I call the speed round of the show. Right. We'll on. Talk about some of the stuff we've talked about, but in a more kind of concise and Twitter friendly way. Um, I don't know why I said Twitter. Probably. Right. I could have used right. anything. Because this is you're going to tweet like five things out. And yeah. Like, oh my gosh! What did he say? <laughs> what? <laughs> So um, in terms of career advice, yeah. you know, you have, you have kids who are of an age where they're starting to think about careers. Yeah. If, if you were talking to them or anyone for that matter about success in a career, what have you learned over the course of your career that you think is good advice for people to consider as they try to move forward in a career or succeed in a career? 
Yeah, it's going to sound super cliche, but always keep learning mm-hmm. and, and just know that whatever it is that you decide to do right now is not the same thing that it's going to be in a year, two years, five years, 10 years. It's yeah. always changing. Um, you know, it's always that moving goalpost kind of thing. You know, I, I don't think I, yeah, I mean, when I started my career, First of all, when I was in college, I thought like everybody else, I was going to be the next Quentin Tarantino. Like that's what you, you know, <laughs> yeah, sure. that's how it's going to work. Sure. I'm just going to mo- move to Hollywood and yeah. have multi-million dollar budgets. Um, so, you know, ask a lot of questions, um, especially of, of people that you see around you that are maybe in the position that you want to be in. Yeah. Um, and just know that it's going to change. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Is there is there anyone you can identify who you've maybe learned the most from someone who you would consider like a mentor or maybe it's one of many yeah. So, uh, you know, early on, I think uh, Ron Harmeyer was uh, one of those guys that, you know, everybody in town knew him. Yep. So when I went to Wayne, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, Ron, you know, yep. and, and that was the way in. Um, I learned a lot about uh, humility and his his favorite line um, was from Charles Corralt. He met Charles Corralt way back when. And um, I think he said something like, you know, well, uh, the bathrooms in Fort Wayne smell just like the bathrooms in New York City, you know? Yeah. So um, I always remembered that. That always stuck with me as, yeah. as one of those things that, you know, things stink everywhere sometimes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so he was a good one just for the humility. And, and he'd seen it all and done it all and never got rattled. Yeah. Um, you know, Kim Murphy, um, mm-hmm. she's she was great to work with and for. Yep. Um, learned a lot from her, um, especially as I was transitioning to the corporate side. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great one. Jerry Greider, uh, who was the creative services director uh, way back when at Wayne, mm-hmm. went on to uh, Wish TV in Indianapolis and did some other things. Um, was always very open, um, willing to answer my dumb questions. Yeah. Um, and just somebody I kind of looked up to, um, as, as a good work life balance as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I find it's always good to reflect on that as, as we get a little older and we have the chance to mentor some other people and remember that there was a time when we didn't know, maybe, maybe we know even less now, but we knew less, we knew less then. Isn't that funny how, as you get older, you realize, I mean, it's true. The more, the older you get, I think the more you realize you really don't know yeah. everything. Yeah. And, and that's an important thing to know. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of taken a new tack that anytime I dive deep into something, um, you know, for example, if I'm a volunteer and I'm involved with a nonprofit, I call it an exercise in learning everything I don't know about that nonprofit. Yeah, for sure. And that's true with just about everything I do. Yeah. Yeah. So second question, um, when you think about the the way you describe what you do and make a case for it, if you will. I'm going to spin this one a little bit different for you. Why would people come to you? What service do you provide and what, what gap do you fill? What niche do you, do you help people? Um, What niche do you accommodate and where does the work you do fit in this continuum of options people have? Yeah. So specifically at Wayne, you know, I've got one foot in news. I've got one foot in commercial production and sales and, you know, then I've got the promotion side. So my job is to make sure kind of the news people are gathering the news, but also kind of giving our, our customers, our viewers, mm-hmm. our consumers what they want. Yeah. Um, and then the flip side of that is I can be the sounding board for sales when they come mm-hmm. and say, hey, we should, we should sponsor this thing. And I'm the guy that says, yeah, this is how we do it. Or no, that's a terrible idea. Our <laughs> yeah. credibility is at stake. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of that bridge um, within the company. Um, and that's kind of a cool role to to yeah. to 
fill. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, again, with my experience coming from the news side and the production side, um, it's kind of served me well to balance those off of yeah. each other. And, and not, I would assume that's a unique skill set to have that balance. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I, I think people at the station trust me and trust my opinion and, and, and value what I have to say on those things so that they know, and it's not often, but I'll say, eh, that might be a little too far yeah. um, versus the other side where I'm like, well, here's how we make that better. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the, the skill set that I bring. Um, and I'm still very much involved in the commercial production side of it. So yeah. again, all those years of experience, I know a lot of what works and what maybe doesn't work in a TV spot or a digital ad. So yeah. All right. So you mentioned that you've had to adapt quite a bit, you and your team, yep. throughout the last, what is now, you know, at least 18 months. <laughs> is it ever going to end? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I, they're, they're, we don't even know if there's light at the end of the right. tunnel anymore. Just know we're in a tunnel. Um, so l- let's talk a little bit about that. I want to use that as a preface to the question I'm going to yeah. ask. What are some of the things you've had to adapt to, and, and how has your how has your work life um, been disrupted by everything that's happened? Yeah. So looking back on it, you know, if you would have told me in January of 2020, you know, what we were, we, what we would be able to accomplish in the next few months, I would have said, you're crazy. Um, you know, again, we're a broadcast TV station. Um, we're content creators. So all of that kind of funnels in through that building. Mm -hmm. So when kind of the lockdown happened, uh, most of us went remote. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was me packing up editing computers and setting them up in my basement. Yeah. And, you know, it sounded like a terrible idea. Like, this is never going to work. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to be able to get what I need. Yeah. But it worked. Yeah. It worked well. Yeah. Um, I was still able to send commercials, you know, to our hub in India. How long did you work remote? Uh, we were, I want to say three months. Wow. Roughly. Wow. Okay. I think. Yeah. Um, and, it, it, you know, same with the reporters, the newsroom. You yeah. know, it was... You can't get around when the five o'clock news comes on. You have to have a director and an audio person and a Chiron operator and a producer. You have to have them, and they yeah. have to be kind of in that room. Yeah, everybody else can be gone. Yeah, um, so that was that was interesting, and I, and I was impressed with how we pivoted. The other thing was, you know, as all of these clients are pulling back, our ratings are surging. You know, we're up twenty yeah. percent. Yeah. So you know, the the smart ones um, kind of realize, okay, let's retool our message and get back on. Um, and I'm proud of how we helped pivot that, you know, yeah. so this revenue is kind of drying up instantly. And then yeah. all of a sudden we're figuring out new ways of doing it. We did a segment where, uh, I think it was trick shot Sundays, um, where people would, um, you know, just do a cell phone video of themselves doing some weird mm-hmm. trick shot outside. Yeah. And then we would pick one a week and just yeah. unique That's ways cool. of doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. So the reason I asked that question is, yeah. is to set up the, the last quick question I want to ask you. And some someday, Lou, I have to get better at asking quick questions. I ask people for these short, pithy answers, yeah. and it takes me 15 minutes to get the question out. But in any case, <laughs> the question is this. What did you learn during the pandemic yeah. that sticks with you, you didn't know before, but is going to change the way you operate moving forward? Flexibility and, and adaptability. Um, that was the big lesson for me that, you know, those things that you think are impossible are not impossible. Um, and, you know, on a personal level, you know, the importance of, of having music as a release, yeah. um, you know, to be sane, you know, yeah. like I think there was a, a stat from Sweetwater that they were selling like a thousand guitars a day wow. during the height of the pandemic. Wow. I get it. I was, I bought a couple myself, like, <laughs> yeah. like how not a thousand you know? a day, right? Not a thousand some. a yeah. day, but, 
Yeah. My sales engineer did just fine yeah. during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and just again, the importance of going out. I think I ran into you in the middle of a of a yeah, nature preserve. Yeah, acres an acres yeah. property. Just you know, getting some fresh air and doing something that was safe, but being as social as you can be at yeah. a distance. Yeah, which I think was a great thing for all of us to learn. Is you know, it was nice to be able to be home and kind of with the kids and yeah. um, help them. You know, yeah, I wouldn't want to go through it again, but at the same time. You know, it was really nice to be around the kids and be able to go out in the middle of the day to a nature preserve. So Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's somebody, I heard this on another podcast I was listening to, and he referred to it as the great reflection, which I kind of like. Yeah. You know, said it was really the first time for a lot of us in our lives, or at least in decades, when we were sort of forced into the time to think about stuff. Yeah. And I know it changed the way I think. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about flexibility and really thinking differently about some of the things that you take for granted as you're going through life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Lou, thank you very much. This has been a lot of fun for being on with us this week. My pleasure. for those of you who took the time to listen, we thank you too. And we'll be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then. 